0: ain't got no home or nothing, I suppose. Misfortune seems
1: to follow me wherever I go. Welcome to the Californian California in Exile with your host, Jacob Lindsay. And have been up to the there to get some All right, everybody, welcome to the Californian in Exile. I'm your Californian in Exile, Jacob, and we have our first ever guest on the show. Uh, you want to go ahead and introduce yourself and say what your podcast is and why, why you're relevant for a California podcast,
0: yeah, absolutely. Uh, born and raised in California, so that's why I'm relevant. Uh, no, this is Clint from Liberty Lockdown, and uh, I'm just also all too blessed to be your first guest, man. Thanks so much.
1: Yeah, I've been trying to get a couple of people on, uh, because I mean, the Liberty community is full of Californians, which seems sort of counterintuitive given the state of the state, but um. A lot of Californians out here in Texas uh, that are uh, in my liberty groups and stuff like that. I've, I've talked to on my other show, Tasting Anarchy, uh, several people from California who now live in other states or currently live in California. You know, Mark Claire is not too far away from where you are. And mm-hmm. uh, Brian McWilliams, they're up in the L.A. area. Yeah, and, no, um, there's,
0: there's actually, I mean, P- California gets a better rep on the whole because – we're just outnumbered, but there's so many mm-hmm. millions of people that live here. If yeah, you just exactly. Just click the numbers. Uh, there's a ton of liberty-minded people in California. It's just we're, you know, a, yeah. Well, a ton, of, <laughs> ton of
1: yeah. Well, ton of liberty-minded people, and then also you know the part of California I'm from, which I talk about on the show all the time, up in the great state of Jefferson, Northern California. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's uh, it's also very liberty-oriented in a lot of ways. Those, and, are, the, those um, are the true rebels. I love those people. Yeah, that's uh, – that's, uh, we've been giving them money for years, but <laughs> to no avail so far. But uh, <laughs> and, and probably never – Trying to get them to whiskey rebellion it or what? Yeah, just split off. Like just uh, – Yeah. I mean they're, they, they've they got some interesting plans. It'll, it'll probably never happen just because of the way – like they, they wouldn't add Northern California as another state because it would create two uh, Republican senators. And so on a federal level, they'd have to admit a Democrat state. It would be there'd be a whole lot of, uh, or they would try to divide the line so that like San Francisco's included. So then they have a second Democrat state. Like it's a whole weird, weird thing. But it's uh, it's it's got they've got interesting plans. Like I've I've noticed it going around in uh, Northern California Twitter and Facebook lately is uh, people pooling for the idea of Greater Idaho.
0: Yep, I've heard of that.
1: Yeah, which is I guess like cutting off the Portland area from. Oregon and then ex, ex, expanding Idaho into Northern California and parts of Oregon.
0: Well, if you, if you think you're going to have any freedom and have it encapsulate uh, Portland. You're yeah, doing.
1: exactly. So they're, yeah.
0: They're, they're on the right track. And honestly, any secession movement uh, that has any traction whatsoever, I support. So I, I, hope, I hope at some point we get uh, any, I don't know, uh, anarchotopia <laughs> to go flee to.
1: Yeah, I mean, if I have anything to say about it, well, I'll, I'll at least have a small, a small one. That's one of my many projects. Is uh, intentional community stuff, which actually on this channel we do uh, every month. We do an intentional community discussion, yeah. and my wife is very into that too. So that's kind of what we're pushing for: is to try to try to start something that maybe we won't be able to secede, but at least the people in the community you'll know are liberty oriented, have a common goal, and will keep their mouth shut when the feds come by.
0: Right. right and, uh, yeah. I mean, that, any baby step in that direction is, is the right way to go. I mean, given, given how dystopic our, our current existence is and how likely it is to get more dystopic, it's really vital that we, uh, we, you know, band together in some sort of community of like-minded people that are going to thwart the government's overhaul and overtake of our lives. So, uh, yeah. I will be, be joining some group at some point here soon. I am currently building, uh, six houses in San Diego and I can't leave until I'm done with that. But as soon as I'm yeah. done, I'm the F out
1: of here. Yeah. Well, I mean, kind of on that note then, um, why don't you give the listeners the state of California address from, from your, yeah. From your, from your perspective, like what, like what, I mean, cause right now I, I actually was just out there last week uh, visiting my grandma up in Northern California. And from being up in Northern California, Although going into the, actually I flew into San Diego and we drove up. So San Diego was basically what I expected. Um, and then when we drove up, it was it was fine. We kind of went through. I think we went up five, so it was pretty rural. And then, I um, maybe I could be wrong. I don't remember which highway went up. But and then uh, once we got up to my neck of the woods, it was basically more liberated than here. Because mm-hmm. uh, you know I live in Dallas now, and Dallas is pretty anal about like the whole mask and lockdowns and all that kind of stuff. But like up in Dorado County, you know, it's a, it's a kind of a rural County. And uh, like we went to the, we went to the bar, no mask. We went to a pizza place, no mask. We wow. went grocery shopping at Raley's. Uh, we wore the mask when the butcher asked us to put it on, but we did most of the shopping while we were there with no mask. And um,
0: that's tremendous to hear. I, honestly, um, I, I'm not familiar with that area. I, I did not know that there was anyone that was, you know, really throwing off the shackles and, and dismissing the governor's orders. But uh, for those that are listening that don't know, California has some of the harshest lockdown uh, policies. San Diego is getting put into its second lockdown currently, as is all of California for the most part. They they have this color-coded tier, uh, very reminiscent of the terror codes after 9-11. Yeah. And, and, you know, we're back in orange, whatever the fuck that means. So we're, we're, <laughs> right. we're getting locked down again, um, or we're purple. I don't even know. Um, I, I really don't pay attention to it. Uh, all I know is when my gym gets shut down, uh, you have an angry clint on your hands. So that's where I'm at right, right. now. Uh, my gym shut back down. Uh, all the bars are closed. Um, indoor uh, dining is closed. And now in L.A. in particular, they have even banned outdoor dining. So, I, you know, honestly, like the, the state of California or the, the condition of it is is good other than for the government. You know, like the people yeah. here, the people here are great. The industry here is great. The government's a disaster. And, you know, that's, that's really the only reason I would ever leave this heaven that I was blessed enough to be born into is that they have made it unlivable. Um, we have the highest tax rates in the country. They're talking about a wealth tax. Yeah. Uh, you know, we have like a 13% state tax for the highest income earners. And then they want to do a I think a half percent wealth tax that they're trying to pass, which would be. Very detrimental to to me as someone who's you know basically retired in my 30s. It would be a real problem. Yeah. I got to get out of here before we go down that path. And and if they get that passed, which I find it to be extraordinarily unconstitutional, but I I don't put anything past them. So um, if they get it passed, you know, a half percent, just like the income tax back after 1913 was about a percent. It, it's it escalates quickly. So, um, so yeah, you can vacate the better.
1: Yeah, and and that's kind of. You know, it's it's nice to speak to a Californian about this because I talked to people around here that are not from California about how much I wish I could move back. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know, it is it's home. That's where you where I was born and raised, and and, and I do it's love a, it's it. A great place too. Yeah, and 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 you're right. Really nice people a lot of the time. Um, uh, I mean, even from San Diego all the way up to Northern California, incredibly diverse. Um, yeah you know, climates and things to do. I mean, especially if you live in the San Diego area, just a couple of hours away, you can go up into the mountains and then you've got the beaches not too yeah. far away as well. And yeah,
0: I, I live a half a mile from the beach, play beach volleyball two or three times a week for four or five hours a day. And it's, it's heaven. And then, you know, like you said, we're two hours away from Big Bear. So got skiing yeah. and all that. So it's, yeah, it's, it's a, a truly blessed area um, other than for the government.
1: <laughs> yeah. And And that's kind of a uh, Rogan brought this up when he was moving out here to Texas is he said that uh, he thinks part of the problem is that it's too nice and that people forget that uh, they're kind of they're kind of animals living in an environment or whatever they just think everything's great because you live in this place with no adversity as far as like weather <laughs> goes and so you get complacent with it and so you're just like, oh well it's great for us so why don't we just vote for everybody to have it great? Yeah, and, uh, I, I think
0: that's, that's part of it for sure. I mean, there's definitely a, a, a level of character that comes from, uh, harshing the elements and, you know, struggling through winters and things like that. Um, I think the bigger issue is that because our lives, you know, the weather's so good, you don't have much to complain about. I think the hardest part is, is getting people who have never had to fight for anything to go out and fight for their freedom. They, yeah. they they're just ill equipped for it or unequipped for it. Like they just don't know how to do it. Um, Fortunately, we have had some protests. They have been, you know, very large, but meager compared to our population size. So it's, it's not, it's not headed in a good trajectory. Um, Gavin Newsom is a tyrant on, on the level of Cuomo. I mean, they, they just, or Whitmer or any of these other bastards that are, you know, treating us like slaves. So unless, honestly, and I'm not a Republican, I don't even know if I've ever voted Republican, but, Well, I did with Ron Paul, obviously, but um, I, I honestly don't think that there's any hope for this state if it doesn't flip back red. I just think that they have, or, or at least it gets to be purple, where you don't know which direction it's going because at this, at this juncture, it's basically that you know the the powers that be that are installed currently are so comfortable and confident in their, you know, their reign over us that they don't even have to, they don't even have to like concern themselves with the conservative or the libertarian perspective. They just absolutely trample us day and night. And I don't know how we turn that back unless we get people so sick of it that they actually, you know, turn the tide.
1: Yeah. I mean, kind of what we were talking about when I was referencing Jefferson, one of the strategies that they have up there is that California, as opposed to a lot of the other States has a very strong County system and um, which is reminiscent of federalism to some degree, although I mean, the state at this point just says whatever. And that's, that's what happens. But uh, there is a, at least uh, some degree of county autonomy. And um, a lot of the Northern California counties have during this COVID locked in. And actually, even Sacramento County, which is crazy, their sheriff, when they instituted the new curfews, the sheriff in, in Sacramento County and Eldorado County and, and Shasta and all the counties up north of there, Placer and um, I think Amador did it too. All their sheriffs were just like, yeah, we're just not enforcing this. This is stupid.
0: Yeah, no, that and, was beautiful. And same thing happened with uh, a few counties around Los Angeles. Uh, same things happening with a few counties outside of New York City, you know, Buffalo area and stuff like that. Um, you know, it's it's great. It's just simply not enough. And yeah, exactly. And yep. that's the problem. It's it's like yes, there is a fight that's happening. I mean, we're even winning cases in the Supreme Court that are throwing out his dictates, but he he just passes a new one as fast as the the old one gets thrown out, and it's like unless there's a, an actual, um, I guess, judgment against him that that makes it so that he can no longer pass laws, I, I don't see us being saved by the Supreme Court. I, yeah, I, yeah. It's interesting because I've always been a fan of federalism. I've always been a fan of the whole concept of 50 states of innovation and all that. Um, in this in this instance, it has, it has definitely um, concerned me that you know I think the federal government has been more hands-off and left it to the states, and the states have been the ones that have abused us. And And that, you know, if anything, it just drove me further towards anarchy. It's like, wow, yeah. if, if federalism is this big of a failure that the states over, a you know, a virus with a 99.5% survival rate can lock us in our homes indefinitely, bankrupt us, and, you know, give us no aid whatsoever, um, God, I mean, you just got to overthrow the government at that point. I, I don't know what else yeah. to say. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 I mean, and it's, and it's what's so weird about it too is that, like, I mean, it is, it's, it is kind of getting to that point of sort of the Civil War, how, like, when they told you when you were a kid that, like, it was brother versus brother or father versus son, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, even in my family, there's, and I'm, I'm from a very large family, um, there's been, like, a very, like, odd divide on this where, like, I, I
0: think it's the same in all families, but I'm the same way.
1: Well, yeah, and, like, and like, I, like, I was completely shocked by it where, like, my, some of my uncles, who I thought were very conservative uh, individuals, and I wouldn't say like against the government, but more distrustful of the government, just hookline and sinker, they're all for this. And oh, then, that is you fascinating.
0: Know, are, are they by, by chance are they uh, are they out of shape? Or are they do they have health ailments that make makes no
1: them? no. It's uh, I think it's I think it's because they're government employees, they're oh, uh, teachers. Okay.
0: Interesting. That
1: okay. and that, that's that's the only divide I can think of. Because my grandma recently had a stroke. That's why I was out there was to visit her. And, um, yeah, she's up in her, she's in her mid nineties. So, uh, she's she's there. Yeah, she does, but she doesn't give a shit. She's just like, yeah, she's like, like yeah, she did it. I think for about a week. And then this was before she had a stroke, but she did it for about a week. And then she was just like, no, like I'm old. And, uh, like, I (laughs) want to see my great, my great grandkids. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of her thing. She's like, I'm old. I want to see my great grandkids. And, because uh, uh, three of my sisters live out there. My one of my sisters lives in Nebraska, but uh, the other three live out there. They have kids, and she's just like, I don't want to, like, I don't want to spend my last days alone in in my house. I want like people coming over and seeing me and stuff like that. And also, my, not, yeah, my sisters are all conspiracy theorists for the most part, so they don't really believe. They they don't even. They're, they they go further than me in a lot of this they don't even think it's a real virus <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're just yeah. like no. they're like yeah somebody made it up <laughs> honestly but, uh,
0: I get along with those people better than I do the ones that are you know threatening to call the cops on me if I don't stay
1: yeah. home for- yeah well yeah and, and they're yeah and I, I do too and um, but yeah I mean so but it was weird is when she had her stroke there was kind of this weird split in in she has um, five kids as well so I'm one of five and my mom's one of five and again, and um, uh, yeah, you'd think, but <laughs> no, just just big family. But uh, uh, but uh, two of my uncles were just like just went insane with the whole like, oh, she's at risk for all this stuff. We got every everybody's got to stay away from her. It's like your mom just had a stroke. She this could be her last days. Yeah, and you're and you won't go see her, right? And, and then is, and then in in their families, week.
0: this is not going to be yeah. a two week lockdown. This is you know this could be the rest last this could be the rest of
1: her life for sure. Yeah, exactly. And then, and it was funny too, is that in, so my one uncle has uh, six kids and the other uncle has uh, seven kids. And so, uh, and it created like a huge divide in their families where the kids, like some of the kids were going like, no, this is stupid, dad. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and, uh, and then like, you know, I'm one of five. So like all of us don't believe in it. And, uh, and um, my other uncle, he's got just, just a one son. And, uh, but both him and you know they're Bernie Bros kind of, which is that makes more sense that because they're Bernie Bros. So I'm like, okay, yeah, I kind of get why you guys are buying into this. But it was just like a, it was shocking to me that like a family that is as close as our family would have this like just this dividing line where it's just like suddenly we can't get along anymore, and it and it really it really sucks. But like you know, I was out there, I, my cousin came over who's my age, and his dad's one of the ones that's like a true believer. And I was like, I, I was kind of like tiptoeing around. he's like, are you worried that like, I, I agree with my dad. And I was like, well, kind of, I don't, I don't want to like offend you. And he's like, uh, he's like, no, my dad's full of shit. He doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. So it was, it was funny. He's like, I don't really know what I'm talking about. But he's like, I, he's a hustler. He, he's actually in the real estate business as well. And, um, you know, he's like, I've, I've been out hustling. Like I said, I, he flips houses a lot in California and, uh, and does other things too. And he's like, I, I can't be locked up. I've got to go out. I've got to do all these things. I've got, you know, his, he's got two kids. So he's like, I got my kids and my wife, depending on me. Uh, like I can't lock this up. And he goes, and I've been around and he says it was months before I had even met anybody who had it or, or even tested positive.
0: Yeah, me too. And honestly, I don't even know if that I've known anybody that's had it still. And I know a lot of people. It's very weird.
1: Well, there's uh one guy in our Liberty circle here in, in Dallas. This is the first person since this entire thing that I know personally that has tested positive and is sick there, there's been a couple of people where they tested positive, but they were like, well, I'm not, I'm not sick this guy, but he also tested positive for strep. And so he's like, I don't know if I'm just sick because I have strep throat or if I'm sick because of COVID. Cause I tested positive for COVID and for strep. So, that, so he's like, was, I don't.
0: Yeah. That's, that raises an eyebrow. I, that's it. That's very interesting. Yeah. I, I mean, i play, like I said, I play beach volleyball, um, you know, two days a week with like 30 people. And we all, mm-hmm. none of us wear masks. We all hug and high five at the end of every game. We have not stopped. We've been doing this for months. I don't know any single one of them that has gotten sick, much less tested positive for this thing. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying it's not real. I definitely believe that it's real. I definitely believe that people have died from it. Um, I even believe that it's really highly contagious. I just think that it's it's largely benign if you're healthy. Like, that's my, that's my genuine belief. I think the statistics prove that out. I think that anyone that's healthy, that's living in fear should really break free. It's, it's very sad to me that so many people are so willing to give up, you know, a year of their life or two years or however long this shit ends up lasting. Um, You know, my grandma, my grandma had a heart attack a year and a half ago and she's petrified from it. And she has basically, you know, she's just indoors constantly
1: yeah more, more and, power and, to work, and, and, you know but yeah.
0: The, those are the people that that should have been quarantined it should have been protected from jump it should have never been a broad thing uh, i mean we could have been through this had everyone lived like me just out playing beach volleyball we would have been you know at herd immunity by now and we probably would end up having over time the same actual death rate it's it's just very tragic that we've allowed these idiots to run us.
1: yeah and, and i'm and i'm I don't know why I'm still shocked about this, but I'm just shocked that people accepted it. And we're just like, and I, but like, I don't know why I'm shocked because I have such a low opinion of like normies, but, but uh, at the same time, like every time I see it, I'm just like, how are you okay with living this way?
0: Yeah, exactly. And And it's like, it's, you don't even have to have a high opinion of someone to believe that they're going to value their freedom. Like Mm -hmm. I just assumed that we all valued being allowed to do what we want to do. I never expected that half of this country would not only gleefully beg for their chains, but they would also report on those that refused to. Like the people that are out there that are actually calling the cops or or texting to those stupid numbers where you can report to people who are you know not social distancing and not wearing a mask or whatever nonsense. Those are those are the people that legitimately would have you know worked security at the, the gas chambers. I mean, they, they are scum of the fucking earth. I can't believe we share this, this country with them. I am stunned that they exist. I never would have believed it. Honestly, like in that, in that regard, I'm happy that this happened because it it kind of removed the veil from my eyes. I was definitely a little bit overly optimistic. I mean, as sad as that sounds because I'm not a very optimistic person, but (laughs) I I was overly optimistic about the nature of, you know, my neighbors and the people that are around here. It's like, Yes, sure. Most people are still good people. I'm not saying that they're not, but there is a percentage of this country that is so deeply indoctrinated into statism that we really have to be on guard at this point.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. But on a bright note, uh, uh, let's go over a couple of the propositions that passed in California that, good, yeah. uh, that I think are um, – Maybe silver linings not I, I not necessarily silver linings, but things that like I kind of expected to pass because of California, but I think they are also uh, decent things um one of them we'll go ahead and start with the first one where I kind of have mixed feelings about it just because um I don't really think voting is particularly effective but uh restored former felon vote, and I think from sort of like a, at least from the what they tell us kind of position if um, you paid, you know, if you paid your due or whatever to society and went to jail and, uh, paid that off, like you should be able to have your, all your rights restored and, and including, um, voting rights, but also things like gun rights and stuff like that, which were not in- included in this, uh, proposition, but, uh, prop 17, which was, uh, restore former felons votes. How do you feel about that? That passed. Yeah, um, I love,
0: I love that. I mean, um, yeah. I, I think that if you've served your time. You should certainly be allowed to vote. I don't even think that voting is a uh, <laughs> is a real is a real value. But um, certainly, if the rest of us get to do it, if you're out and you're free, uh, I don't see why you shouldn't get that. I w- would also like to see um, for- at least former nonviolent felons get their gun rights back as well.
1: Yeah, I would like. To, I'd like to see that too. I don't really see that happening in California, but I think this is actually sort of frames things in such a way as you can make that argument where you go, look, they're former felons. They've had these rights restored. They should have all their rights restored. Yeah, um, I, I and, agree. Yeah. Uh, the other one, this one I was particularly worried about and extremely happy about. And you being in real estate may have a little bit more um, kind of understanding of how about how this impacts uh, California. Sure. But uh, Proposition 15 was set up to modify the old Prop 13 that was passed in the 70s, which capped... Uh, property tax at
0: 1%.
1: And um, so what Prop 15 was trying to do was to change it so that commercial tax would, instead of it being assessed on the purchase price of the property, um, plus whatever the inflation rate was, I think 2% uh, each year, um, they changed it to that commercial tax would be capped at 2.5% and that it would be off of the fair market value, not the purchased assessed value.
0: Yeah, that's kind of Did
1: that pass? It, no, it failed. Which I was, I was, I was amazed that the that the average California voter knew enough to not pass this. <laughs> so yeah,
0: I bet, I bet. Honestly, as sad as it sounds, I bet most people didn't vote on it because they didn't understand it, and the few people that it affected understood it enough to vote against it. That would be my guess. But um, yeah. yeah. Just <laughs> for anyone that doesn't understand this stuff, it, it's you know. We have as badly treated as we are in California tax wise. The one thing that we're actually treated decently on is property tax, and that's because of Prop. Thirteen. It, it, it limits the property tax rate at around one percent of the uh, the purchase price of the property. And and like you said, that that law would have changed it so that it would have been two point five percent. But it also would have been. Based off of fair market value, so that means that you have an yeah. annual reassessment of the fair market value of the property. That is catastrophic, especially in a hyperinflationary environment where, yes. you know, if you buy the house for a hundred grand, say, even they never do that in California, but say you bought it fifty years ago for that, and now it's it's worth a half a million. They reassess it, and then they bump the rate to two point five percent. So you're paying two point five percent of a half a million, which would have been <clears throat> uh, twelve five twelve thousand five hundred yeah. bucks. So that's that's a big deal.
1: Yeah, and I've, I've actually covered uh, some of the – and and it's a little bit hard to tell, but uh, the the f- um, Farm Owners Union or whatever it's called out there uh, put out some information about this where they they said that this is – according to the people who proposed the bill, this would only be for commercial property. Uh, and I covered this on, on Tasting Anarchy because it impacts wineries a lot, is that improvements to your properties can be classified as commercial if – uh, the state basically deems it so. And so some of these wineries that have been in the same family for, you know, 40 years or 50 years out in, in Napa and Sonoma and places. Well, even actually where I'm from in Eldorado County and Amador County, there are these longstanding wineries and they would go. And instead of it being uh, categorized as agricultural land, if you built like a tasting room on your property, they would reassess the entire property as commercial and, you would then be subject to fair market value at 2.5% uh, reassessed each year, which would just – it would just totally bankrupt half of these small wineries. And and then also things like um, up in the olive groves or the almond groves, things like – places where there's like tasting rooms associated with them where you can go buy some olives at – Mount Olive, or you can go and get like almonds or uh, walnuts or any, any types of fruit or whatever. If the state decides that your fruit stand or wherever you're selling it is commercial, they could reassess your entire farm. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, and a lot of these farms are hundreds and hundreds of acres. So it's hundreds of acres of fair market value, which if you are in a lot of these areas, your fair market value of your farm is astronomically higher because of just the expansion of all of the urban areas.
0: Yeah. Well, and also the, I mean, the crop itself has value, but then on top of that, because there's limited supply of land, especially in the really desired markets, um, if you're willing to convert those into single family homes and subdivide that parcel, it becomes Mm -hmm. worth a ton. So yeah, it's, it would have been, um, you know, on top of the already outrageous income tax in California, it would have been backbreaking to people. And, And I don't think people understand how at the brink, um, most of the businesses are in California. I mean, everyone thinks about California as being this like, um, uh, very wealthy place with wealthy people, you know, sun kiss faces and stuff like, yeah, we're, we're that. And we, you know, many of us do make a good living, but, um, it's a grind and, and it's like yeah. the the tax burden is very serious here. Uh, it's, yeah. it's not New York, uh, quite, but it feels like it at times, you know, that just the weather is better.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, and that, and, and and also, I mean, I think it's important for people to, um, and actually important for a lot of Californians to realize this, and I think a lot do. Uh, is um, although the stereotype is that Californians are all wealthy, there are a lot of rural working class Californians, and this is a, a yeah, I mean, this is a burden that is just so tremendous on somebody who you know. Uh, yeah, the the farm ones are are one thing, but like you know, if you if you own like a air conditioning repair shop or something like that, like yeah. there that that's a that's a huge increase to your bottom line, which increases prices for everybody, and um, because you know people don't absorb that, it it, it gets passed on.
0: Well, they, they can't absorb it. I mean, most yeah. of them most of them don't make enough profit that they could, so it, it's yeah. I, I'm I'm thrilled to hear that that one got shut down. Thank God.
1: Yeah. Uh So another one that's kind of a bright note is um. Uh, local government rent control was defeated.
0: That was a miracle uh, too. I, yeah, that that again, actually surprises the hell out
1: of me. Yeah, it, it it surprised me as well. It actually heartily won, which was really great. Um, and, and it's funny, like looking at these vote counts, they're roughly the amount of people who voted in the presidential election. So wow. I think it's, it's probably really lucky that, I'll, I mean, California had very good voter turnout for Trump. And I think a lot of these are, more conservative value type issues yeah. that probably also picked up for, um, for uh, people who you know probably went out and voted for Biden, but also were kind of like, no, like I own property. I don't want rent controlled. So um, that was very helpful. So that, that I'm, I'm astonished about as well, but you know, again, this would have just made uh, California even more expensive to live in and, and it would have hemorrhaged even more people. I mean, there's, yeah. a, there are people who can just barely, you know, they want to stay there because, and this is what uh, Jason Stapleton, he always talks about, it. he moved there a couple of years ago and he says, it's the paradise tax. Like it does cost a lot of money to live here, but there are all these benefits that make it so that it's, it's worth it.
0: Yeah. Well, then if you put a, if you put a rent cap, the, the main reason that we have such high real estate and rental prices here is because the, the city ordinance ordinances and the, uh, the planning zoning. Approval yeah. process and the, and the zoning are outrageously cost prohibitive and slow. I mean, I've been, yeah. these six houses that I'm building, I started the subdivision two years ago, and I'm working in one of the counties that is allegedly um, faster than others. I mean, that, that is absurd. And I'm just trying to build yeah. six, you know, nice 2,100 square foot single family starter homes. And yeah. and it's going to take me basically three years start to finish. And, and when you when you have an environment like that, it limits supply, it increases the prices. And then when people try to buy those houses as rentals, what do you think they're going to do? They're going to charge more money. So that's all of this is a product of government interference, and and you know a rent on or a cap on rents would have just exacerbated that problem because the supply of rental properties would decrease and it would yeah. have added to this issue. So I'm again thrilled. It's a m- miracle all of these guys shut down.
1: Yeah, well, it, it it really is. I mean, that was the one kind of, and, and I'm wondering, you know, my sister's. um and and the the presidential election numbers do not show this at all. But they were they were telling me early in on this, they were like Trump is going to have a really good showing, and he still didn't have a great showing. I mean, he did he did I think thirty four point three Google says thirty four point three percent, which is about about half what Biden got in California. But um, you know, there is uh, I, I think there might be a little bit of a of a swing back on a lot of this because California is losing so many people. And I think that's kind of starting to come into the public consciousness a little bit I where they're going that. like, yeah, like why are people leaving? And that's kind of one of the points of this show was um, I don't live in California anymore. I don't feel like I can move back. And I kind of wanted to do something where it could have a Liberty bent, but also just be a warning to people in other States. Don't go down this path. Exactly. If you, if you love where you live and, yeah. um, and if you come uh, to
0: California, don't go do this shit again. <laughs> yes, exactly. That,
1: that's the other thing too. Is there's so many Californians here. It's uh, I, I know, man, and, and it's concerning.
0: <laughs> it's concerning to yeah. me because, like, I, I want to be um, a refugee from California here soon, and I know people will be looking at me with a side eye, and like, I can't. There's nothing I can say to them that's going to convince them that I'm actually like more freedom oriented than them, even though I'm I'm from yeah. California. Like, they won't believe me. But I am. I I have never voted for big government ever. I vote against it every single opportunity I can get. And I've done that since I turned 18. So um, but yeah, I, I just I can't stand, you know, the Joe Rogans of the world since you brought him up. I mean that guy that guy is principleless when it comes to fiscal sanity. And oh yeah, yeah. And that's that's my biggest concern is that these Californians that are that are leaving here still don't get it, you know, They're like he's going to go to right. Texas and he's still not going to understand that you can't just continue to vote for government largesse and expect to maintain freedom. It's, it's yeah, they, well, yeah. <laughs> and I,
1: I think, I think that's like a really good point too, because, and it's that it's um so many people just do not have first principles. It's just, exactly. it's, it's, it's kind of more of a an emotion-based decision-making or whatever, where they go like, well, that guy's homeless and I feel bad. And right. it's a, like, they're like, well, let's just okay. vote for
0: more money. Help
1: it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly.
0: It, like, ah, oh, these people drive me crazy. But yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm hopeful that because California is getting so bad and so many of these other states that are left-leaning are getting so bad that I'm, I'm just praying that enough people wake up that they realize, okay, this actually doesn't work. These crazy conservatives, these crazy libertarians were right. At some point, there is a breaking point, and um, I think that you know California's economy. At some point, especially if it doesn't get federal bailout money, which it yeah. will under a Biden presidency, but if it weren't by some miracle, it would collapse. I mean, that's that's where we're at, and um, you know, I, I honestly don't know that that we can feel enough pain until we have an actual economic depression like that. Yeah, um, it's weird. To, it's weird to root for that because I don't. Uh, but at the same time. I feel like the, the longer we push it off, the worse it's going to be. So in some ways I, I, I become sooner rather than later. It's, it's a,
1: well, yeah. I mean, you know what they say is that like, um, I think it's the, the saying is uh, hard times create hard men and soft times create soft men. Yep. And, and I think that's kind of where we're at right now is it's been really good for a really tong- long time for Americans and, and, and particularly Californians. Uh, yeah. and, a lot of and I, yeah, and I've, I've definitely benefited from that. And, uh, I'm I'm lucky that you know my my parents were very conservative and um, kind of raised me to kind of also be not just a regular like thoughtless conservative but also to be a free thinker and kind of go like well what's going on here uh, well let's do one more and then I've got kind of like a weird anecdote that uh, my sister just texted me that I think is funny uh, but uh, let me let me let me do the last one The last one I think is also uh, a, a silver lining to this is that when they started classifying the app-based drivers like Lyft and Uber, people realized it sucked. Yep. And so uh, Proposition 22 was to re to take away basically the reclassification of app-based drivers as employees and make them contract workers again so that they don't have to be offered health insurance and mm-hmm. and other benefits. So I, I think that this is kind of, to, to what you were talking about, is this is a, a pain point. Yeah. People realize I can't get an Uber as fast as I used to. Why? And they see, oh, it's because it it Uber and Lyft were like, well, we're going to pull out because it's too expensive, right. and um and so this passed and uh and and quite well too at almost sixty percent it passed and uh so it looks like Uber and Lyft are there to stay in California, which is very beneficial because I don't ever drive out; I usually fly and then right, you know, to take a cab take.
0: would have been the pain. Yeah, I, yeah, that's, that's tremendous news. Um. You know I, I think that that's a, a point that people always miss is like oh well you know these uber and Lyft drivers should get paid better it's like okay sure but you got to keep in mind these are these are voluntary agreements like these people yep. are they most of them are doing it on their spare time um it's it's one of the most flexible jobs if not the most flexible job you can have on earth because you can just yep. log in and go whenever you want you're going to not get paid a premium when it's super flexible like that um so you know, my, my little brother did it when he was working his way through, through college. And it's like, that would have been, it would have been catastrophic for him to not have that opportunity. So, uh,
1: oh yeah, you know, I, I mean, I, really- I did it. I did it for a year uh, when I exactly. lived in Virginia, just yeah. because, and I, I was even actually out of college. I was just kind of was like, well, I don't got anything better to do. I might as well make some money. And, uh. Yeah, it's great. It's very flexible. You just turn it on when you want to. A, a lot of times, I just turned it on on the way home from my regular job, and would just pick people up and drop them off on the way home. And then same thing in the morning is I'd leave an hour early for work and do one or two rides. And it, it is it's extremely it's extremely flexible. It's very helpful, and you make a little bit of money. I wanted a particular bicycle that was very expensive, and I just didn't I didn't feel like I could spend my regular money on a bicycle because <laughs> it's kind of a it's kind of a frivolous thing. So I saved up money doing this, and, awesome. and then when I you know, when I, when I saved up the money, that was it. I just was like, eh, I don't really like doing it anymore. And it was, I was tired of giving drunk sailors, uh, rides <laughs> home. So, yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, my brother, my brother started to hate people because he did it for a few years and it drove me. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, I mean, it, it, it was true too. And, and, I, because I lived here, I know it was the, uh, not only was the weight for these, you know, uh, on-demand lifter or, or Ubers, uh, increasing, but also the, the prices were, almost on par with, with cabs by the end. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, I don't even know what the profit margin is. I don't know how much of that goes to the driver uh, and how much of it was going to the company, but what, whatever it was, um, the regulatory environment seemed to be making it to a point that it was no longer this, you know, this miracle service that we had all loved so much. So I, I'm yeah. glad to hear that people had a, a change of heart. It sounds like.
1: Yeah. And it does seem that way. And I, and I'm very, I'm very pleased with it as well. I mean, it's not, it's not as lucrative or as common up in the part of California I'm from just because it's too rural for a lot of that, but it does exist. And I can get a ride from the Sacramento airport all the way up to El Dorado Hills, which is, you know, 45 minute drive. Yeah, it's and, good. um, which is great. And, and, and it's, it's not, a, it's not cheap, but it's cheap enough that it's worth it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and you know, and this year, you know, fortunately I didn't have to do it. My mom dropped me off and, um, when I was flying out of Sacramento and I flew into San Diego, so it wasn't a big deal, but um, yeah, it, it's really good. So the anecdote that my sister just uh, texted me is uh, she is on day three with no power from PG&E. Oh. So uh, they, I don't know how bad it is down in, in the San Diego area, but up in, in, you know, in Dorado County, they, uh, they do rolling blackouts a lot. Uh, be, under the, under the, I don't, I don't know how true it is or not, but they say it's because the wind picks up or whatever, and it, it could start wildfires. But I think it's just they don't have enough power. It's and, both, um, it is both, yeah,
0: yeah. You know, it, and, I mean, fortunately, San Diego has has dodged most of it. Uh, I know that there has been um, very few rolling blackouts in my area, but the uh, yeah, C- central California in particular has been clobbered with that. And and we had this we had this heat wave in September that was mind blowing. It was like. Anywhere from 110 to 120 degrees, and they were doing rolling blackouts during that, so yeah. no one could run their AC. And I was just like, the government's, um, you know, mismanagement of everything here is is amounting to, you know, potential death. Like it, it is, yeah. it is really at that point, and, and definite death when it comes to the forest fires because they refuse yeah. to to manage a forest. It's like like literally every single problem in California is government derived. Like I don't know any, yeah. any single thing here. That's a negative. If it weren't for the unbelievably mismanaged government, it's like, it's just so tragic. Cause it's such a, it, such it, a it really
1: thing. is. Yeah. Uh, I mean, There's two kind of interesting things about that. And I've covered them both on, I think this show, maybe, maybe it was on the other show, but um, the with the forest fires thing is Cato did a really good art, uh, a really good study on forest fires in the United States and directly proportional to the amount of land that the state and federal government own in the state is the proportion of forest fires in the state. Mm-hmm. So um, it's a direct correlation. And the the reason is that uh, people who own their property manage their brush. Mm-hmm. And people who do not own the property, there's a there's it's not that there's no incentive to stop forest fires, it's that the people who are managing the forests in California. And other states that have a, a large amount of uh, federally or state-owned land, it's that their their incentives are usually some sort of pet project. Usually in California, it's environmental, and the the fire mitigation portion of that is a secondary thought. It's just not high on their priority list mentally, um, even though it does it does impact whatever it is they are interested in. You know, they want to save cougars or something like that, um, or mountain lions, uh, but. The, that's their. That's what they're focused on. Is that and and having well managed brush does help with that. That's just not what they're thinking about. So they're not willing to pay the thousands of dollars to get a, you know, a, a fire mitigation specialist to come in and clear out a lot of that brush. Which is, this is what my my brother in law does. Is he does on private property. He goes and does because it helps lower your insurance rates. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so people will hire him to come out and he'll. Do an assessment, give them an estimate, and they'll just clear. They'll clear a lot of the brush out, and and it works very well. And they do that here in Texas. Although we do get we do get brush fires and stuff, uh, not really in this part of Texas because it's a lot more wet. But um, in in parts of uh, West Texas where it's much drier, you do get brush fires and stuff occasionally. But because people, the state is almost entirely owned privately. There there's some state owned stuff, and there's very very little federally owned property here because of the way that Texas entered the union. Um, there's so, there's so almost. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's there's very, very little federally owned stuff. I think that the Lower Colorado River Authority owns uh, a, a decent amount. And uh, then there's some military bases and stuff like that that's federally owned. But um, for the most part, the the public lands are state owned. And they're actually – those records are actually kept in Austin. They're not kept in DC like all the other states, um, which is interesting because it, it has to do with the way Texas joined, which is a very interesting history. But uh, in California – People do hire this to lower their insurance rates, and um, they'll hire, you know, my brother-in-law to do this. And my sister is an arborist; she does a very similar work. A, a lot of times, they contract with the state, but they're they're there to kind of trim trees away from power lines and stuff like that. Contract with PG and E, uh, and then PG and E is kind of a, an additional problem, which is they are a monopoly, uh, state enforced, exactly. and uh, so they don't really have an incentive to provide. Good service because it doesn't really matter. Yeah, uh,
0: they just pay millions of dollars in settlements for, to people after they kill them, and they still maintain their monopoly. It's like, yep, exactly. You, yep. you have to open it up to the free market, but you'll love this anecdote. I, that parcel of land that I'm talking about, that I'm building the six houses on, I, I've been I've been asked, aka demanded, at threat of you know violent force to or fine, and then threat of violent force if I don't pay it uh, to clear the. Weed growth on my land parcel, which has sat there for three years since I've owned it and just grown weeds because that's how long they're taking to process all of my building plans and whatnot. Um, and, you know, I, I have had to pay a private company to go out there and clean it three times and it cost me a lot of money each time. It cost me a couple thousand bucks. And it's like, they can they can do it to me and I have no choice but to get it done. But then when it comes to their land that they own, they can just let it burn to the point that it endangers people's houses and their lives. And it's yeah. like it's it's such a double standard. And unfortunately, so few people own property here, they don't even know, you know, they don't even right. understand that like this isn't an issue of global warming. It's not an issue of of you know, people that own their properties not managing the brush it's an issue of the government not managing its shit and and like until you change that system you're going to have this issue forever and at this simultaneously they propagandize people that it is because it's a hundred percent you know science is settled it's definitely from global warming they can they can then pass more green initiatives which damage the economy even more and it's like yeah. this this system is endless it's just a snake eating it's own
1: tail. well that, that most recent uh, heat wave power outage that everybody – I covered that on this show uh, too was um, – was a, a lot of it was caused by the Green Initiative because although they did have natural gas backups for um, the the new green uh, – quote unquote green uh, power generation, solar and wind. Uh, and it, and it, one of the things that was very unique about this heat wave is also – well, I wouldn't say it was unique. Heat waves do come with this a lot is there was like no wind at all. It was it was uh, which also kind of exas- had a had a additional problem with uh, power generation, but the backup for the wind and solar is natural gas, mm-hmm. and they uh, the state contracted to build this natural gas plant that can't operate at over 105 degrees, <laughs> which is like is hysterical because like you're like you're in Southern California, it doesn't get that hot a lot, but it does get that hot. Yeah, you for you sure. think that maybe you'd account for that, and then. Sort of a, additionally hilarious about that is uh, not too far actually up north of you is uh, Diablo Nuclear Power Plant, uh, the last one in California that's still in operation, and it is going to be shut down in 2024. Mm-hmm. So, uh, which generates one eighth of all of the power in California.
0: Oh my god! Yeah, and I, they're <laughs> they're going to shut I, it down. I know, that, and and they're they're you know they've already I think mothballed pretty much any of the nuclear uh, plants that we had here that. They have, yep. no, they have no interest in, <clears throat> in you know, actually providing power and alleviating carbon emissions. Like, if you believe that carbon em- emissions are uh, you know a, a lethal threat, an existential risk to humanity, you would think that you would consider all options on the table. And yet, they are banning one of the only you know carbon-free <laughs> products that we have to sustain energy and sustain life here. So, um, I don't know. I don't know where this heads, uh, but. I, I'm not going to sit here to find out, honestly. Like I, yeah. I've got to get out of here. Uh, whether it's Texas, whether it's Puerto Rico, I don't know yet. Uh, I Got to talk to my accountant, figure it out. But yeah. California well, itself is uh, until until the, the political tide changes. This is a it's a death
1: yeah. dump as far as I'm. Concerned. Yeah, we're, we're actually we're also thinking about uh, Puerto Rico. Uh, we do we love te- we love Texas as well, but we're we're actually going down to Puerto Rico next month to or two months in January. Um, hopefully, there. My uh, my brother in law, the one I mentioned earlier, he's Puerto Rican. His family lives out there, and I guess his family was saying their lockdowns are pretty harsh right now, too. That's what I've heard. Uh, which might might wreck our trip, but uh, fortunately, we have flight insurance and insurance on the uh, hotel. So, oh, nice. Um, yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe we'll get yeah. that back. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's, that's the downside of Puerto Rico is that you know, while while you can get some really spectacular tax treatment and and a very nice place to live, the government there is just as bad as
1: California. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it's very left wing. So I usually try to round out this show with uh, on a positive note. We did actually do some positive stuff for the ballot measures. Um, but what I usually close it out on is a place that you love to visit in California. So what is one of your favorite parts of California or favorite things to do? A lot of times I'll do I'll even I've even done rest stops because there's particular rest stops in California that I think are particularly nice.
0: Um I, but uh, I haven't I haven't made any stops at Red stops but I I do have a, a easy answer for you um Okay. You know, I honestly I've only been there once which is uh, tragic given that I've lived here my entire life but I went to Big Sur a couple of years ago and Oh yeah. that is that is the spot as far as I'm concerned like if you want to really understand the beauty of California uh Big Sur is very very special. Um Oh, actually, I actually have a good story. Do you have a minute?
1: Yeah, go for it. All
0: right. So I went up there with uh, two of my single buddies. We were just uh, road tripping to San Francisco from San Diego and Big like halfway. So we get there. We hear about this place. I I can't remember the name of it. Uh, I'll try and remember by the end. But um, they have these hot springs that are supposed to be um, it's basically like clothing optional. And
1: yeah, yeah. Have you heard of this? I have, yeah. I uh, I haven't been to that one. We also have a clothing optional place down here in Austin, but um, I I have heard of this hot spring. All
0: right. So, dude, (laughs) apparently, like, there's this huge wait list because all these perverts want to get in there. We just, just, like, put our name on the list, and we, by some miracle, we get approved. We're out there on a weeknight. And also, by some miracle, this literal busload of Jewish college girls roll up and it's oh, wow. like it's just me and my two guy friends and like a handful of other strangers and then like 30 naked 22 year olds it was just and oh oh, and we're overlooking the ocean there's these girls are like lined up in front of us with their butts in the air with the the moon setting behind them it's the middle of the night by the way um, yeah it's yeah it's just one of those things that uh, you don't get any many places
1: that's true. I, that's one of the things that I have, I've brought up on the show a lot is I, I am from the Sierra Nevadas, but also the Sierra Madre or not Sierra Madres, uh, whatever the coastal range is called. Um, just absolutely gorgeous out there. Uh, I talked about La Honda, I think two or three episodes ago, which is just north of uh, Big Sur. And it is just a, a beautiful part of California. If you like the that coastal cliffs, the water's a little cold, but it's still it's still swimmable. Um, to you know, kind of jump in and jump out, but the the park itself is beautiful, and uh, I really recommend anybody get it. You know, get get the adventure while you can. Get out to California and see some stuff, because who knows what it's going to be like in a couple of years. Um, that's why it, you know, I it'll still be
0: right. beautiful, but you may not be able to travel here depending on yeah, that, yeah. That's
1: protocol. that's what that's uh that's what my biggest concern was, and that's kind of why my my wife encouraged me to go. Um, Go when I went, which was a couple of weeks ago, just because, well, my grandma's not going to be there forever. And also you, you never know what's going to happen. It, it seems sort of like this bizarre dystopian, uh, this just, it's weird, but yeah, the big, the big redwoods out there on the coast, uh, California redwoods are, are beautiful. And if you are not from California, you've never been to the coastal range and seen the redwoods. Oh, yeah. It's a sight to see. They're amazing. And yeah. there's nothing exactly. else like it in the rest of the country.
0: It really, and, and maybe not the world. I mean, it's, it is yeah. that special. So, Get out of here. I'll, uh, I'll give you some tips. Uh, if you guys want to follow me, I'm at Liberty Lockpod on Twitter, and uh, Liberty Lockdown is the podcast. It's Spotify, iTunes, all over the place. So, All
1: right, perfect. Thank you very much for joining me.
0: Absolutely, Jacob. It was blessed.
1: All right, have a great night.
0: You too, bro. See you.